0: Coffee for today's episode of the Morning Spotlight podcast was provided by Spotlighter B. Evans. Thanks, B. Really appreciate it. And for all you Spotlighters out there, if you want to support the show and keep us caffeinated, go to themorningspotlight.com and click Buy Mike a Coffee. Beers and Referrals Networking Palooza is sponsored by Fidelity National Title Group, the nation's largest group of title insurance underwriters that collectively issue more title policies than any other title company in the United States. When you're ready to purchase title insurance, you know who to call. Yours truly, the coolest guy in title insurance. Check the show notes from my email address. Now let's start the show.
1: Hey, this is James Norris, founder of Handy Cable Fitness, and you're listening to the Morning Spotlight with Mike Ham.
0: Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cam, coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios here in Morristown, New Jersey. My guest today is a handicapable athlete and motivational speaker. He founded Handicapable Fitness with the goal of using individual experiences to better the handicapable community through conscious dialogue and action, which he hopes can be a way for us all to learn from each other. He is James Norris. James, welcome to the show.
1: Mike, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: I'm very excited to have you on and quick sidebar. So you're good friends with B, as am I. I'm rocking B's t-shirt. And when we were supposed to, we've gone through a couple scheduling things, me and you, like I couldn't make it, you couldn't make it. So we're finally get you on the show. And one of the things that I was mentioning to her, I was listening to the episode that you guys did together. I listened to you on the wet down and I was like, I feel like this is the most like I, not nervous is not the right word, but just like anxious for an interview because you're so such a good dude and like so awesome with all the stuff that you do that I just want to make sure that over the course of this episode, however long we go for that, I do you justice. I mean, you're the man. So welcome.
1: I, th- I think that's easy for you to do. I, I think you say that to all your guests, but, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate it. I'll, t- I'll take it.
0: Yeah, no, it. definitely take it. Definitely take it. So, um, you've had a lot of like cool stuff going on. So can we talk like, what are you doing right now? Where are you in the country right now? What's going on <laughs> with James Norris?
1: So I, so I am back in Boston right now. Um, I just got back from Texas. I spent about two and a half, three months down there. I went there for an adaptive fitness program. Um, there was a lot of good takeaways from it. Um, for, for one, I, Walked a mile for the first time using crutches, which I had never done before, on Memorial Day. So that was an extra special day because the military and the whole veteran community means something to me. Um, and then, you know, I was able to to network for handicapable Fitness, make new friends, and just kind of get the word out there about Handicable Fitness. And it's been truly amazing. I mean, I have I was recognized without having any Handicable Fitness apparel on twice down there. People were just we're like oh my god, you're James from Handy Cable Fitness, and I just have to like pinch myself when when that happens because I'm just a I'm just a normal guy. So right.
0: yeah, a normal guy doing crazy things. So can we talk about crazy in a good way, not crazy like you're a crazy guy? <laughs> um, but can we talk about like what Handy Capable Fitness is if people somehow don't understand what that's all about? Talk to us about what Handy Capable Fitness is.
1: Okay, sure. So it basically started out of my own fitness journey. Just to give you a quick rundown. Uh, over the last seven or eight years or so, I've, I've lost 65 pounds through fitness and nutrition. Um, and I literally started the Instagram page and social media page just to document my own journey and to show my friends and family across the U S everything I was doing, because at the time everything was new. Um, and then I was like, well, nobody wants to sit here and watch me do bicep curls all day, every day. So, so I said, well, if I'm doing this, there has to be other people that are doing, you know, like-minded things. So let me kind of spotlight them a little bit. And because as we're aimlessly scrolling through social media, as we all do, I want people to see themselves represented on the page. Whether they have, you know, cord injuries, CP, amputation, whatever the case may be. And hopefully they take that and they realize that they, they too can live, live a fit and active lifestyle. Um, and it gained a pretty decent following and I was like, well, I want more. So I turned it into a nonprofit organization and our goal is to help those with challenges get up, get active, get moving, however it is that they define it, whether that's connecting them with fitness professionals, paying for entry fees into things such as Spartan races, anything that is going to get them moving and get them living that fulfilled life that they're, that they're seeking we want to step in and help pay for so that's a little bit of the mission
0: yeah so you mentioned you lost 65 pounds so at one point you probably looked a lot like me fat um (laughs) but uh but talk to me about like (laughs) talk to me about um you know how, how did you like at what point in this journey right so maybe we should take the journey from the very beginning kind of where did this whole Process starts. So you mentioned you were sixty five pounds heavier. I know you were living in California at the time, right?
1: Yeah. So I actually worked in radio for about six years, doing doing po- uh, commercial production and that and that sort of thing. And I started out here in Boston, and then I got an opportunity to work for a production company out there. And I thought, okay, because all I wanted to do in life was work in radio, because being from Boston, you know, um, it's kind of ingrained in your blood that. You like sports? Well, unfortunately, I was unable to play. So the next best thing was to do, hopefully, sports talk radio, um, and that was kind of that was kind of the goal. But then I realized, you know, you don't get a job out here unless you're insanely talented or somebody dies and they have to they have to fill the chair. So so I took I took a shot and went out to California. Um, I worked out there for about six months. Then I got laid off. And California is a lot different than Boston. They don't, or even New Jersey for that matter, where we don't have public transportation. And at the time they didn't have a disabled ride service. So I fell into a depression, started to really eat and drink and, and just develop some unhealthy habits. So after my year lease was up on the house that I was renting, I um, said, okay, I'm going to go back to Boston. was fortunate enough to get my job back and I remember coming up the stairs. I live I live on the second floor. And I came up the stairs on my knees and I was sweating like I ran the Boston Marathon. And at this, at this point, I was only 23, 24, something like that. And I said to myself, I have to make a change. Um, and it was at that point that I said, okay, I don't know much about nutrition, I don't know much about fitness, but I'm going to go to Walmart. I'm going to get those pre packaged salads and I'm just going to force myself to eat those every day. And one thing led to another. And I would literally go to the gym too because I knew nothing about working out. I would literally go to the gym and do the same workout every single day. Um, Then a trainer saw me and he's like, You're in here every day. He's like, Let me work a program with you designed around your challenges and your goals and we'll see what we can do. And one thing led to another. Slowly started to see the weight come off and, um, just kind of fell in love with, with the whole fitness lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I think I, I did not do a good job at structuring this interview so far. So I know you. And so I know like why you were going up the stairs on your knees, not just because, you know, you were like trying to bruise your knees, like, because you have <laughs> to, right. So could we, can we, can we explain to the spotlighters, like, like, oh, why? Why that was happening? Like, why were you going up the stairs on your knees? Let, let's let's do that.
1: I have said, se- okay. So I have cerebral palsy, um, and I was born, quote unquote, normal, born premature, but other than that, there was there was no other, you know, issues or or what have you. And then at the age of about one one and a half, I went in for a hernia operation. It was during that operation the mask came off my face, and my brain was wet, without air for five and a half minutes, which caused the cerebral palsy. Um, so it basically affects the strength in my legs and then also, uh, my left arm, but they didn't say anything to my parents at the time. So they, you know, let me, let me heal up, go home. My parents realized that I wasn't hitting certain milestones living here in Boston. They're like, something's going on. Let's call, make an appointment in a children's hospital shortly thereafter. That's when they diagnosed me with the, with the uh, cerebral palsy.
0: Gotcha. And, and was that something, um, uh, you know, I mean, like it's when somebody listens to that story and they're like, man, James got dealt a really shitty hand for lack of a better uh, lack of a better phrase. You know, like I I know you said that you were born premature, but, you know, ultimately pretty, you said normal, we'll put that in air quotes, but like, you know, then you get this, this happens to you and now you're here and you're, you know, changing lives. But was that a difficult thing to kind of maybe grasp early on as you were you know, you said not hitting certain milestones, I'm assuming like you were in school with other kids and doing all that kind of stuff, yes. you know? So like, if you're seeing them be like you said, normal, but as you you're progressing, you're not progressing as, as well as them, I guess, was that hard to kind of swallow being a young kid and not being able to play sports and all that kind of stuff?
1: Well, you, you know what? Yeah. Yes. And no, because, because my family did a really good job of love, you know, really never treating me any differently. Um, they, I, I always tell people that they held me. I feel that they helped me to a higher standard because they didn't want me to use my circumstances as a scapegoat to say, "Oh, I have several palsy, so so I can get bad grades in school or whatever." But but when it became a challenge is when you know we're we're going up, growing up through little league and pop Warner and that sort of thing, and I'm like, man, you know, I I wanted to play and you know, there's challenger baseball leagues out there, which are, which is designed for people with disabilities and that sort of thing. And, and, and they're great. Um, but at this, the part that I didn't like about it and the part that I struggled with going back to the part of me being a competitor and just being from Boston, the game always ended in a tie. And I'm like, no, that's, that's bull crap. Like my team won five to four. Your team needs to do a little better. Right get some shots up, whatever you got to do, but you guys lost. That's it. So, so I t- I basically told my mom, I'm like, I don't even want to play anymore because it's, it's not worth it. So I really delve deep into sports. Like I, I was never really the show the social type to where you would see me out at a game on a Friday night, because I always felt that I was identified by the cerebral palsy first. And then there was James, and it wasn't until fitness that that really kind of took shape and, and changed my outlook on things and realized yeah, yeah. that, hey, cerebral palsy in the grand scheme of things is actually my superpower because it's now allowed me to connect with so many different people in so many different ways that I would have never been able to do if I was quote unquote normal. Right. So. Right.
0: At what point um, did you recognize that that was your superpower? Because you just mentioned that you don't, that you you thought early on you were recognized by CP first and then James, and that you were maybe not as social as maybe you wanted to be. Then you go into a career in radio, which is basically just you talking to people. I mean, they're granted, not Mm -hmm. everybody's talking back. If you're like, you know, just on the mic by yourself, but that requires you to be social. And I mean, I know you now, and I know you're a social guy, but at what point in this journey did you decide like, hey, I, I need to be social and be out there and be in front of people and connect with people like that?
1: It was it was kind of a, I mean, I was always a social person in the sense that if if Mike you talk, if you came up to me and we were at the same place or whatever, and you say, hey, James, how's it going? Did you see the Red Sox last night? I could talk your ear, ear off about that for me to go up and and initiate a conversation or for me to put myself in a social situation, I would, I would never do it. So it was kind of like that switch. I'm like, okay, I'm at work. I have to kind of step out of my comfort zone a little bit and, and put the radio voice on, so to speak, and just make this thing happen. Right. Um, You know, because I knew being from Boston and just being in the radio industry period, if I wanted to do, what I needed to do or what my goal was that I needed to really just step out of that comfort zone and, and fake it till you make it, so to speak.
0: That's like my MO dude. I mean, it I'm faking it till I make it hundred percent.
1: Well, yeah. you're doing a damn good job. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You notice that I'm also dancing. You keep mentioning Red Sox and you keep mentioning Boston sports. You know how I'm basically You can you notice that I'm basically just dancing around those granted the Red Sox no, right uh, 100- now, we're- Yeah. We're recording this in August and things might change come September, but the Red Sox right now are stuffling. They've had an amazing year, but the Yankees stink and I'll I'll be the first one to say it. So I I don't even want to, I don't even want to talk about
1: that. Hold on. Can you repeat that last part one more time? The Yankees
0: stink right now. I I mean, as a biased fan, they stink. They stink.
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Great answer. Just so, just so you know, I keep bringing up the Boston sports on purpose. Cause I, I know where, I know where, I know where your heart lies. So I want to dig it in. I want to jab that knife in a little bit. Yeah. Deep time.
0: yeah. Talk <laughs> to me. Can you talk to me also about the the Boston or the, um the, the, uh, the radio stuff? Because I think that's just so interesting because like you've, you have this passion for sports and you're able to find an outlet where maybe you're not like necessarily competing, but you, like you said, I mean, Boston Sports radio area is very competitive, like you mentioned. And, um, you know, talk to me about that. like that I mean, big jump, right? And I'm sure you're, you know probably competing for maybe spots in shows or whatever. I know you went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, right? Yes, yeah, see that's that's my ample research that I did before yeah. this. but,
1: I, um I love, I love the show prep, Mike, yeah,
0: big time show prep. I mean, <laughs> I have I'm literally taking notes as we're talking. That's the show prep. but um,
1: the people the people can't see what you're doing. Yeah, right. the, theater no. of the mind, let's go. Yeah. Uh, Nobody so, knows. Yeah. I'm finding you notes know under the table. What are you talking about?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have like just pages, yeah. One uh, one notepad. But talk to me about that. Like talk to me about, you know, like so you go I I think you have to interview for the for CSB, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. so so I go and it's kind of a really interesting story because again, me kind of being an introvert and not really not really putting myself out there, so to speak, and being so shy as I was growing up, we had to interview. And, and part, of, part of the interview process was we actually had to record a spot. And just, because they wanted, they wanted to show us the different things that we would, be, we would be learning and then the production side of it and all that stuff. So I, I go and I, I, re, I read this copy and oh my God, like it was like, the worst thing i've ever done in my life because i was reading it as like the cat went into the house and like because i was i was so nervous because i wanted this so bad and i knew that this was kind of my way into that field that i i felt so bad about myself and i'm like that sucked that was terrible and um finally i went to the instructors afterwards and i i said listen I said, let's let's call it how it is. That was terrible. You, you know, I know it. But if you let me in this school, there, there won't be anybody that works harder than me to, to, you know, better myself and to, and to make you guys proud. And thankfully, they did let me into the school, which led to me getting an internship. And then the rest was kind of history.
0: Yeah. So talk to me about kind of the history part, because, you know, I'm assuming you get the internship was like the next step when you went to California, was that kind of the trajectory here or was that after something else?
1: No. So, so I worked for a cluster of stations here in Boston for, for uh, the majority of the time that I was in, in radio and, but predominantly for an alternative rock station. So basically I would, I would voice some of the spots um, then load them into the system and put the music behind them all the post-production work and that sort of thing and then i was on our HD 2 station where where you know i co-hosted a couple different shows and and that sort of thing so it, it was it was a really interesting time and i tell people that it was crazy because i got paid to go to adult daycare pretty much because yeah. i mean I use a power chair most of the time to, to get around up until here recently. And I would race remote control cars down the hallway. I would, I would take the chair and run it over long stretches of bubble wrap. And it sounded, it would sound like a machine gun going off. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, it it made memories. And like I said, that's what led to me calling it adult daycare because I'm like, I'm getting paid to do this. This This is fun. Yeah. You know, and then going going to concerts and going to shows and meeting celebrities, all of that sort of thing, you know, I have to pinch myself and be like, that was actually my life there for a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so then the next thing was California? I'm just trying to get the, the yeah, time so, frame. Yeah. Down. So
1: so so I work I worked in Boston for the majority. And then I had the opportunity, the production company called me and said, Hey, listen, we have this job opening. Would you would you be interested? And I was like, heck yeah, let's go. Cause I didn't know who I'd bump elbows with, you know, Ryan Seacrest. He, he has every job in radio. He doesn't want anybody else to have a job in radio. So, um, but, but I was like, well, maybe I can, maybe I can meet him or somebody else. And then that would be my next step into my radio career and getting me involved in sports. Um, that was kind of the end goal of everything I did was I always had my eye working on sports radio. It never happened but that was, that was a plan going in. Right.
0: Yeah. And so you, you mentioned also, so now that we're in California and that, you know, at at one point in your time in California, you said you were drinking a lot, eating all the wrong stuff, um, you know, depressed. I mean, that's, that's gotta be like a really tough spot to be. You're, you're not home. So you don't necessarily have like your immediate support system. Like you had mentioned, your family was a very big support system for you. I would imagine that they also weren't in California with you. Right,
1: I mean, I, I I did I did have some family, but okay. but yeah, the, I mean, it, it was it was a really kind of like dark time. I mean, because I, I remember specifically, you know, uh, this one night, and it kind of like was that first come to Jesus moment, so to speak, where where you know I had one one too many beers, and I'd gone to bed, and I just remember looking up at the ceiling, going, James, and I actually said this out loud. I was like, James. What are you doing? You were created for to do something greater than just twelve girls above light every single night. And that was kind of when, you know, I was like, okay, something has to change. It was one of those turning points because at the end of the day, I was given a second chance at life because they basically told my parents, you know, when I was born that, hey, you better go up and say goodbye because we're not sure he's gonna make it through the night. And here I am, I'm wasting my potential and the gifts that God has given me doing 12 ounce curls because, and not of the good kind, you know? Um, and wasting what, what is now a huge gift. But I look back on that time and I'm like, Garth Brooks has a song um, called Unanswered Prayers. And that is something that I really relate to big time. Because if it wasn't for me, losing my job in radio and doing all that stuff, then I wouldn't be doing anything with handicapable fitness. Right. So
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean it's a great, it's a great story. And I, and I think one of the other things too, like I, I'm always interested in people that come on this show and they have stories like you just shared. And one of the questions that I always have, and I think you kind of answered that, but if was there anybody else in your life that said, hey James, what the hell are you doing? Or was this more just something that came from within you? That's one of the things I'm always very curious about when we talk about these things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I had I had the support system of my family and everything, like I had stated before, but I don't think they really knew how bad it was because yeah. I was able to kind of I was able to kind of play it off and be like, oh yeah, you know, but like when when you're drinking six beers on a Tuesday night and it it's not you know, Cinco de Mayo and they're not Corona's (laughs) Yeah. like, you know, then that be, then that becomes in my mind an issue. But I I was able to, I was able to kind of just play it off and have it be like in a social setting. Oh, you know, I just, I just did one with dinner. Well, one turned into five more after that. So, but for the most part, I was able to play it off. So I don't think people really knew, how bad it was.
0: Right. Isn't it crazy too? I mean, cause I've been in similar situations in my life in the past where, you know, like at one point I was living on an air mattress on my buddy's living room floor. I was basically drinking like every single night. And it was one of those things where like, you know, everyone knew that I was unemployed. I was trying to find a job. I was super depressed. I was also probably 50 pounds heavier and it was one of those things where it was like, everyone knew that on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, it doesn't matter what day Mike's available because he, he's got nothing the next day.
1: Exactly. And so they'd be like,
0: Hey Mike, you want to go out for a beer? I'm like, yeah. And the next day I know there's like, I'm like 10 deep. I'm like, yeah, maybe I should go back home. And I'd blow up the air mattress, go to bed, wake <laughs> up, do it again. You know, it's just crazy. Like you just kinda, uh, you lied to basically everybody else. And then also yourself too, because you're just saying like, Hey, this isn't that big of a deal. But then eventually you kind of have, like you said, I mean, I've used the coming to Jesus moment phrase quite a bit because I've had several over the course of my life. But I think that's just one of those things where it's like, you, you kind of like the the flip gets switched, you know, or the, the switch gets flipped, not the flip gets switched. That doesn't make any sense. I know The other way around. Yeah. I'm a
1: pro. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but you're, you're a hundred, you're a hundred percent. Right. And I think one of the biggest things that you said there is you're not only lying to, everybody else around you, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself. And there's that, there's that deep rooted issue there of, okay, why is this happening? And until you kind of peel back the layers of the onion there, it's not going to, it's not going to heal itself. You're just going to keep piling it on.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you move back to Boston, you start eating the Walmart salads. Uh, the trainer tries to hook you up with the, the workout plan. But at what point does the, like the mindset shift, you know, cause you said that you were like in, in the depression type thing. I'm sure it just, it wasn't like, Hey, I'm working out and eating salads. We're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there was a process, right?
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, I think it, I think it was one of those things as I, as I slowly started to see the weight come off. And then I, then I would see the videos of, of things I was doing, you know, at that point, knew because I had never done them before, I was like, "Hold on, wait a second, wait a second. cerebral palsy isn't winning against james i'm I'm actually taking taking back control of my life for for the first time. so I think to answer your question, it was once I really started to see the progress of everything I was doing, you know the nutrition leading into the fitness, and then the weight came off and you know, I was able to find my identity through that.
0: Right. And then you mentioned that, like, so that you said the Instagram page or something that you had started and you were putting your stuff up there. And I know now, because I follow it, and if anybody doesn't, they should go handle uh, follow the Handicapable Fitness uh, Instagram handle. Um, But then eventually you start, you know, um, spotlighting other people on there. But at one point do you decide in this journey of your fitness journey that you have to start putting your stuff out there because you think it might serve as, I don't even know if you're doing it for yourself or if you're doing it because maybe you thought that you can reach some other people and help them with their stuff.
1: Yeah. So, so originally, originally I was just post, I was just posting it on my own personal Instagram, everything I was doing. And then the trainer I was working with said, James, you know, he goes, if you're already posting it on your own personal account, he goes, why not make a public account? You share yourself. You never know who you could inspire. All of that sort of thing, so that's what I did, and I just literally took my own personal Instagram and made it into handicapable fitness pretty much, and then I was like, like I said earlier in the show, nobody wants to sit here and watch James do you know curls and, and whatever else every day. So if I'm doing this, there has to be other people. And then that's when I started to research into the hashtags and, and kind of pull out other people and, and spotlight them a little bit.
0: Right. And then talk to me about like, at at what point I'm, I'm assuming that this happens. So if I'm wrong, then tell me, but do people start reaching out to you to, you know, for, I don't know, inspiration, they start reaching out to you to like get involved in like what it is that you have going on.
1: Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think kind of that for that first moment was I, a couple years ago, I had done a handicapable fitness walk. Because I had woke up one day, and I was like, "Man, it'd be cool to do a 5K." So I had started going to a gym called Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning here in Boston, and Mike Boyle is world renowned when it comes to it comes to strength and conditioning. He's worked for the Bruins and the Celtics. I mean, the Bruins and the Red Sox and that sort of thing. Um, and I started working out with a trainer there, and I went into him and I said, "Listen." I want to do a 5k. He's like, all right, well, we'll start training for it. So I built it up through social media. And I said, listen, guys, this is what we're doing. We're going to donate, you know, the money. This was before we became a nonprofit. I said, we're going to donate the money to Boston children's hospital because they were so infamous in getting me to where I am today. I want to get it back. So one thing led to another and, um, you know, we talked about it on social media and then, Somebody had reached out to me from New Jersey and was like, listen, I want to, I work with handicapped athletes. I've been following you for a while. I want to come out and support you. And we, and I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, buddy. Like, whatever, like not whatever, but you know, people talk, but you never, you never really see the action a lot of times. So I said, all right, well, here's the address. Well, he ended up, he ended up driving. I think it's what, six or eight hours from New Jersey to Boston. Yeah. And he ended up driving that that twice in one day because he came here and went back on the same day just to see me do the whole walking thing. And I was like, okay, that was that was uh, pretty incredible. And that was kind of the first thing. And then Spartan, they reached out to me and, and they're like, listen, we're going to be doing the first ever pair of Spartan race out in Laughlin, Nevada. Would you take part? And at the time, I didn't know what a Spartan race was but I was like yeah let's go let's do it and then I YouTubed it and I'm like what did I get myself into am I like, yeah. crazy like yeah. this is ridiculous so so while I was there I had a shirt on with my logo mind you this was pre-COVID um and this woman in this whole crowd of people came running up and she's like oh my god she goes I follow you on social media she goes my son has cerebral palsy." And because of you, he wants to be a personal trainer. So I went over and I talked to him and he looked at me like I was the rock. And from that point on, I knew that this was what I was supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, How do you do a 5k? Can can you explain that?
1: Okay. Me personally, or how do you, how do you do it?
0: No, no, no. Like you, I mean, I know it's like, whatever it is, three miles or whatever, but like, how, how are you performing this 5k?
1: So, so um, there, for that particular one, I didn't have a walker at the time. So we needed to come up with some type of solution for a walker. So we, used a, we actually used a medicine ball rack that I actually pushed around, uh, pushed around the track and was able to kind of lean on it. Now I have a walker, and then I've also started to use the arm crutches. So that, that's, how, that's how it's kind of progressed gotcha. um, then to now.
0: Right. Can we talk about now real quick? Because a couple of weeks ago, so people don't know, James and I met on Clubhouse in podcasting rooms and we could talk about podcasting stuff towards the end of this, because this is actually the, uh, you know, the more important stuff that I think that we're talking about. So, um, I hadn't seen you in like weeks, you know, (laughs) and every now and then you would shoot me like a voice message and I'd be like, Oh, James, you're such a good guy. And then, um, then eventually like you pop back in one day and you told me that you, you walked for like the first time. And I thought that was like so cool that you know, like I mean, we were just talking. I mean, I don't even think there was many people in that room. Maybe there no, was like there three or four would- of us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, t- talk to me about that. Like, talk to me about the 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 journey for you know, pardon the pun, but talk yeah. to me about the uh, the actual getting to that point and being able to do that and what that means for you and maybe for other people too.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, it was it was kind of crazy because um, when I originally got. When I originally signed up to do this adaptive fitness program or invited to take part in this program, I was like, okay, great, I'm gonna go down there, I'm gonna get a little stronger, you know, do some networking for handicapable fitness and and that sort of thing. Um, and you know, met with the trainers and they're like, What's your goal? And I you know, again, I really when they said, What's your goal? it was literally to get stronger and to just improve on the things I've been doing. So you know, we we had we had you know gone over that stuff, and they're like, okay, well, you're gonna you're gonna walk, and I'm like, okay. I mean, now that's always been like the the end goal, like the long distance, like winning the Super Bowl type of type of goal, right? Yeah. Um, but I wasn't expecting to do it to do it um, then and there, and I was standing at the parallel bars, and, and the trainer said to me, he goes. Okay, take a, first first you're gonna stand here for, for 10 seconds. So that was on a Friday. Then then I did that and I said, okay, well now we that Monday I did it for 25 seconds. And then that Wednesday, I held it for like a minute just standing. So me with my exercise background and my knowledge from Mike Boyle Strength Conditioning, I actually started to think about. Like okay, what muscles do I need to recruit, and how am I going to do this to actually take that step? And and so I was like, you know what? I remember to this day, um, I told myself, I said, on Friday you're walking, but I I didn't say it to anybody else. I just said it to myself. Then that Friday I woke up and I said, you're walking today. And you know I don't know what I don't know what came over me. It's still kind of a fuzzy. Like moment, but I took like five steps on my own, and it—I had never done that before, and I was like, "Holy crap!" People ask me how that felt, and honestly, you know, I'm proud of it, but it was like one of like those numb moments where I was just in a zone, and I yeah. don't yeah. really remember it completely. One of those like out of body experiences. Yeah, I was almost. like, I'm like, oh my god, am I walking? Like, so so it it was it was. Like, and it was a deep, profound moment. So, I mean, I bawled my eyes out and I'm not typically a crier, but it was just like Niagara Falls came out of my face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you said at the beginning, because my timeline of this episode is just all over the place, but that's just kind of how I do it. It's how my brain operates. But you mentioned at the beginning that you, you walked a, a mile. Is, is, did you say that before?
1: Yeah. So, so on, on Memorial Day, um, I on... In a park down in Dallas, they do a, They do a huge, they do a huge thing called carry the load for everybody who's you know passed away, first responders, military, you know personnel, and that sort of thing. And um, a good friend of mine who was who's a military veteran, one of her good friends uh, passed away. So I so I said to myself, okay, I'm gonna walk to honor him this year. And so. She was, she was supposed to come from Oklahoma to to be there to support me. She ended up having car trouble and she couldn't make it. But I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to still, I'm going to still honor him and, and, you know, do what I came here to do. And I, it was that day where I ended up walking a mile total. What I would do is I would set the alarm on my phone and every 10 minutes I would get up and I'd walk for as long as I could. Um, and, be able to you know ended up getting it done and i i mean i originally she she originally said to me can you can you walk like two football fields and i was like okay that's so that was that was the goal going in and i didn't know you know when i was doing it how far i had actually gone and then somebody came up, came to me afterwards and said james you know how far you actually walked and that's
0: when they told me it was a mile. Yeah. Crazy. So, um, it's, I mean, it's mind blowing to me that, you know, and do you ever like get a chance to maybe like look back and kind of the, the whole thing from maybe like the, the start of this journey to now and like, a, you know, think about how much that has gone into this just for yourself. I mean, I know that there's more people, which I will ask you about in the, in a second, but like how, uh, you know, the, the journey that this has been, have you ever just like, kind of like had a chance to just kind of sit back and reflect on that?
1: Oh man. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a wild ride. I mean, because if you would have told me seven, eight years ago, whenever it was, Hey James, this is, you're not only going to lose 65 pounds, but you're also going to start and run a nonprofit organization. Then you're going to go to places like Dallas, places you've never been before. And then you're going to get messages from inter- people internationally saying what you do makes a difference. I would have looked at you like you were crazy. I would have been like, Mike, what's in that brownie you're eating right there? Because you need you need to tone it down a little bit. But uh, but you know, so it's it's been it's been a wild ride. You know, it really really has. And it, I have to wake up every day and kind of pinch myself because people now have me mentoring their kids, they had a family drive from Connecticut to Boston all in one, and back all in one day just so I could go just so that we could meet up at Dave and Buster's so that I could play video games with their son. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a that's amazing to me. You yeah, know yeah. um and it's something I don't take for granted.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean and I and I know you, so I know that you don't. But um so we've talked about how, you know, you've served as an inspiration for other people. And then I'm, I know for a fact that the people that you post on that Instagram page that are doing all these incredible things, um, has, does anybody in that, you know, maybe group of people or whatever it is that I know it's going to be hard to maybe pick one, but if you could pick one, you have to. Ooh. Um, so if there's one that's kind of turned the tables on you and has almost been an inspiration for you to kind of help you progress through this journey, you know, you being out there inspiring others, does it, does it come back and return to you?
1: Yes, I, I, I think so. And it, it goes to the kids that, I, that I, that I mentor the kids and, and young people, because it's like, man, you know, because so their CP is a little bit worse off than mine. And I think to myself, like, man, they wake up every day and they have a smile on their face, and all of all of these things, right? And they they somehow find joy in the day. So what is what what is my excuse? Yeah, you know, my legs aren't as strong as as most, and my left arm is messed up. But at the end of the day, there there there's people out there that would love to be able to do the things that I'm doing. So who am I to say oh what was me my life sucks because in my mind if i do that it's disrespectful first and foremost to god for giving me that second chance and giving me the ability that he has right and then also the people like yourself who have invested into handicapable fitness and it would be a disservice to those other amazing athletes that you spoke of that are featured on the page so
0: yeah absolutely so um, one of the things that you also mentioned there, I did not know this about you up until maybe recently, again, ample research, but you, you have a very strong faith. Can you talk about that in the, um, uh, the motivation behind what it is that you're doing?
1: Oh, my, my, my faith to me is everything because, you know, I alluded to it a little bit ago or just, just recently, you know, without God, you know, giving me that second chance and saying, here, these are the doors I'm gonna open up for you, then that wouldn't that wouldn't be that wouldn't be possible. I tell people all the time, I'm just the face of handicapable fitness. So you guys get to look at this beautiful face. I, I don't know if that I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think um, it's a
0: good thing. It's a good thing. Okay. You mentioned Seacrest okay. before. You got a Seacrest vibe going on. <laughs> yeah,
1: <okay>. there, <laughs> yeah. there, there we go. I, yeah. I won't. I won't take all the radio jobs. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank there's you. There's a slot for you, Mike. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. But but no, you know, I'm just I'm just the, the vehicle that he that God is using to use or using to make this thing go. Um, and but make no mistake, it's all him, and the glory goes to him. You know, and the second I get a big head and think it's all me, everything that I've worked for, everything that everybody's worked for, it can all crumble in a second. So I never want to get a big ego. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, and that's, and like I said, I think earlier in this episode, like that is one of the things that I have recognized about you over, I think we met probably like in January or February on Clubhouse. Yeah. And then I've just kind of been like, you know, social media. F-
1: what are you getting
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, We've been like, you know, uh, uh, social media friends for a while, but then like throughout those conversations that we've had on Clubhouse, what I see that you put out on social media, that is one of the things that I've always recognized about you is that you're just like a humble guy that is just like putting himself out there to genuinely help people. You know what I mean? Like I I remember one of the days that like, uh, I forget this was a while ago. This might have been in like March. I just like randomly, I saw like James Norris, handicapable fitness, sent you a voice message. And I was like, "What? like, is he not going to make it to the lunch hour? Like, I don't care, James, like not everybody makes it every day. (laughs) And then I listened to it and it was like this long thing that was just like thanking me for running the room and for, and B2, uh, running the room and all the stuff that we do just like totally unsolicited, totally whatever, and I'm like, I mean, I'm right now I'm getting the chills thinking about that message. Just, and I remember I read it to my girlfriend. Cause she, you know, lives here with me and she was like, Oh my God, that's like the nicest thing ever anyone's ever done for you. And I'm like, yeah. And you're my girlfriend. That says a lot, you know what I mean? But, uh, but that's just one of the things that I've always just liked about you and respected about you is like that you're just such a, a giver, you know what I mean? Well, like you, you just give.
1: Well, thank you. And I mean, to me, you know, we all need money to live and that would, that's what makes the world go around. But there's no better feeling than helping somebody, you know, achieve something. Or because at the end of the day, we can strip away, we can strip away all of our political beliefs or whatever the case may be, everything that divides us, right? But at the end of the day, we just want to be seen as a person and know that our life matters. So it's, it's as simple as picking up the phone and hitting record and saying, hey, Mike, I appreciate you, you know, running the room. It's something small, took me five minutes to do, but it leaves a positive imprint or positive footprint on somebody's heart. And there's a quote that, that says something, and I'm going to paraphrase, people will forget what you drive, people will forget how much money you had in the bank, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And yeah. that's something I try to live my life by.
0: Yeah. And you're doing a great job, and it made me feel good. So thank you. Um, do we have? Do you have goals that you're hoping to achieve for handicapable Fitness over the next couple of years? Are there like things that you're trying to accomplish? Be it for maybe you're just yourself, or just for the nonprofit, what, whatever you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. Right, right now, I'll just, I'll just go with the I'll just go with the goals of handicapable Fitness. We want to bring back once, hopefully, this COVID stuff ends, and we can all gather together. I mean we're starting to get there, but who knows with the new stuff that's going on, um, where, where it's gonna lead. But we'd like to bring back the walk, do more fundraising, host more events. Um one of the things that we do or a couple of things that we do around the holiday season is we do a food drive around Thanksgiving and then we do a toy drive around Christmas and the holidays, that sort of thing. So we would we would love to get more corporate sponsors involved with with all of that type of stuff and then also get more cor- corporate sponsors and just everyday people to hear our mission to to buy into our mission so that we can go out and provide the equipment that people need to live that fit and active lifestyle that they're desiring right. so it's just fundraising and just continuing to get the word out there and then for me personally um, I hope to buy a house within the next couple of years, although with the Boston market, I don't see that happening. Any yeah, same. good luck. It's the same thing here. Yeah, good yeah. luck buying a house. Forget it. Exactly. And then, you know, I, I would really love to travel the country and do more motivational speaking. That's one of the things I've had the privilege of doing. And I absolutely loved it. I actually spoke in um, in New Jersey, actually. your your stomping grounds. Oh, yeah. at Hope Hope in future, which is, which is uh, an after school program for at risk youth. And that w- that was great. So I hope to get out there, do a little bit more of that, maybe a couple Spartan races. Who the heck knows, man. Yeah. I mean, after 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 this year that we've just gone through, you know, we really can't plan for too far in advance I don't think.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that, but you just you strike me as the guy as if the opportunity presents itself you're going you're gonna to seize that opportunity, I would imagine.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Let's go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. So let's go spotlighters. So you mentioned if people, you're trying to get the word out, you're trying to get people involved. Um, how can people get involved in handicapable fitness? If they're listening to this episode and they're like, man, I really got to support James and his nonprofit and all that kind of stuff. What are some ways that, you know, people like me could get involved with what you do?
1: Okay. So the easiest thing that you can do, is go to HandicapableFitness, H-A-N-D-I, CapableFitness.com. There you'll find all the social media links um, and, and then ways that you can contribute and donate. And we're, we're not just looking for monetary donations. Those are great. But if you have a said talent that you would want to donate to the organization, it would be, it would be greatly appreciated. So it doesn't need, necessarily need to be monetary. It can be in-kind donations, what have you um but there you can find more about my story more about our mission and everything that we're trying to accomplish
0: awesome love it the podcast can we talk about that for a minute because we did meet in a podcast room so you're still doing the podcast we talk about the podcast what's going on with that yeah
1: sure so 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 it was a it, it was a great podcast and i hope to bring it back um here in the near future and i might even do my own thing because podcasting is a huge thing in my, But my co-host and I, we both got busy. I went to Texas. She's doing She's doing her own thing. She's busy with work. Um, and so we kind of put the show on pause for a little bit. But we have, we have uh, I think it's two seasons out on Spotify and all the major podcast platforms. It's called the Adaptive Collaborative Podcast. We actually interviewed um, everybody from Logan Aldridge, who's big in the CrossFit, Crossfit um industry and Matthew walzer who helped Nike create the first adaptive shoe. Um so there's a lot of great a lot of great guests on there so you can definitely go check it out even though the podcast is on a pause right now. There's still so much great information and so many great stories that that people have been able to share with us. So I think that that's awesome and like I said I want to bring back like or I want to start the Handy Capable Fitness podcast and kind of pick up where we left off and, and see see what can happen. Just use it as another vehicle to get Handy Capable Fitness out there and the stories that people
0: have. Yeah, no, I think it's great because then it takes, not old, old James, Radio James, combines it with Handy Capable James and makes them one superhuman, basically. It's,
1: it's, exactly, There, there we go. I love it. You know, it's always fun to do stuff like this to play in radio land, I call it again. And, and, you know, so it's definitely something I want to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you should. And just let me know when you do it, because then I'm going to, you know, listen to the new stuff as well. So, um, all right, so let's move the show into the closing segment, which we call "Under the Spotlight." So the spotlighters have been listening to Mike Ham and James Norris talk for about fifty minutes. I would say about fifty minutes. Yeah, we're um, doing great. Yeah, we're we're rolling right along. I had no doubts that we were gonna. We could probably talk you and I just because we're friends for hours, but exactly. you know, for for timing purposes, we gotta we gotta cut it short. So, <laughs> um, but talk. We're gonna move it down to the spotlight. So, what is one thing? That you want the spotlighters to walk away from this episode with, so you're under the spotlight.
1: Okay, so, so you know what we're we're all gonna we're all gonna face challenges. We're all gonna we're all gonna have fear. But it's when we, we it's when we really step into that doubt and that fear that we realize that we're capable of doing more than what we had originally thought. And once we realize that, we look back on it and we say, "Oh my gosh." it really wasn't that bad or thank God it happened this way because now it's led to this. So when, whenever you get uncomfortable, instead of running away from it, try to embrace it and look for the look for the lesson that that is deep within that pain sometimes. Yeah. Because it can be great.
0: Absolutely. So I I lied. I have another question now based off that answer because I, sh- I should have asked this during the episode, but it, just i mean one more question then okay. we'll hit the links then we'll wrap it up so in this journey obviously you have a lot of people that are looking to you right as like a source of inspiration does that ever get like do you ever just need to kind of take a step back and be like man this is exhausting or is this just something that fills your cup up so much that you're like love it just bring it on from all angles i i i need it
1: you know what i i i you know i get a little bit of both i i love it i love i love meeting people, thanking people in person, you know, getting messages, all of that stuff. But it is, it is, um, it can it can be heavy sometimes. Um, but I have, like, like we alluded to a great faith, a great family support system, um, a couple really good friends that, you know, I can turn that spotlight off a little bit at night and just kind of decompress and, and be myself and they can be my sounding board, you know. One of my good friends, I don't wanna I don't want to uh keep it too long, but was somebody that I met in Dallas. She was an eleven-year military vet, you know, um, ended up getting a traumatic brain injury. But I talk to her every day. And to just see the spunk that she has and, and the light that she has is amazing. And then one one other person that really holds true to my heart is somebody who I met through the Spartan race, Erica Walker. She, she is probably one of James's big, biggest fans and biggest supporters. And the reason why Handicapable Fitness has been such a success because I've been able to learn, learn from her. So it's those, it's those top of my family that have really shaped me and has allowed me to, when times get tough and times get heavy and I'm like, what am I doing? They're my grounding pieces that can be refocused and, and push me forward.
0: Awesome. Love it. Sorry to throw that question there, but I think that was an right, important one. Good. That that answer was great. It was great. And we gave a couple shout outs there, which are phenomenal. Um, so if people need more James, and after this episode, I cannot imagine that they do not need it, uh, where can they go to get more of you and Handicapable
1: Fitness? HandicapableFitness.com. H A N D I Capable Fitness.com. And there, is all the, all the social media links. I respond to each and every text, email, whatever it is that you send me, carrier pigeon, I got you. we'll, 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 we'll make it all happen. So I look forward to hearing from everybody.
0: Awesome. Love it. And so I will make sure that I put James's links in the show notes, just like I always do, along with the morningspotlight.com, the morningspotlight at gmail.com, the website and the email address. If for some reason you want to go through me to get to James, I will be happy, more than happy to make that introduction. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming on with us today. This was as expected, nerve wracking because I wanted to make sure <laughs> I did your story justice, but also incredible because I'm pretty sure we did.
1: You you did you did a great job, Mike. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for just giving me an opportunity.
0: Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Any time you want, I'm here for you. Whatever you need, you got me. Um and the spotlighters, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.